Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Where To Go. I'm James Atkinson, brand manager at DKI Witness. And I'm Lucy Richards, senior editor at DKI Witness. And a big welcome to Where To Go, where every fortnight we find out a bit more about the world's favourite travel destinations with those who know those places best. So, Lucy, this week, uh, this is our final episode of... um, of our third season. So thank you to... I know. This has come around so quickly. I, I don't know how... Three seasons, James. Three seasons. Three seasons. How one pandemic. <laughs> Three seasons, <laughs> one pandemic, seeing us through all yes. the way. Um, but a big thank you to all those listeners who've uh, listened so far. And we've got a sort of treat for our final episode. So yeah. much as we visited uh, a really cool... Uh, cold sort of festival-y city and yes. the end of season two in yes. terms of visiting Dana and Edinburgh this time we're going to Munich yes. Um, yes. so very very exciting so capital of Bavaria third largest city in Germany and obviously the the, the cultural home of Oktoberfest yeah um, have you been James uh, to Munich no, I have not. I've, I've been to quite a few other cities across Germany, but sadly mm. not Munich uh, yet. And it's always been on my list. But I, I believe you, you've been before, Lucy. Yes, right? 10 years ago, which makes me feel, you know, old. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I went 10 years ago with my sister. I actually, I didn't go for Oktoberfest. I'd love okay, to go okay. for Oktoberfest. I actually went yep. for the Christmas markets. Yeah. Um, and... Um, which oh, now it feels like a lifetime ago, particularly as, uh, you know, obviously we've just had Christmas and in a pandemic. Um, yeah, not not the se- not quite the same Christmas. Not as, no, not as magical. <laughs> um, but um, it was just so lovely. It was everything you thought it would be. You know, there were sort of ice skating rinks. And, and I, I think that the main market was in Marienplatz, which is the main sort of central mm-hmm. market in um, Munich where they have, uh, I think it's called Frauenkirk with the two sort of onion topped domes yeah, yeah um and just those beautiful sort of alpine huts and you know hand carved nutcrackers and tree decorations and those big gingerbread hearts sort of everything you that sort of picture po- picture perfect german christmas um yeah. and it snowed and it was just <laughs> so incredibly charming it was really charming and um cozy and 
I just remember Munich being a really picturesque city to wander around. And and, and also the locals were very friendly. Um, mm. It was just sort of that kind of Christmas fantasy. It was so wonderful. So having just come back from Christmas holiday, I'm looking forward to hearing what our guest has to say. Yeah, I'm guessing it sort of brought back quite a few sort of Christmassy yeah. memories, really. Yeah, exactly. and, 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 you know, and, you know, I guess like there's always that question of when you go to a place when it's like Christmas, when it's like snowy, etc. What's it like the rest of the year around? So yes. thankfully we have someone to, to, to talk us through that and to talk us through kind of uh, a bit of a local perspective on Germany. So... Uh, yeah, who's yes. our guest this week? Yes, so we're delighted to be joined by travel writer Kate Mann, who is based in the Bavarian city. So hello, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hello. Hello. It's brilliant to have you on the podcast. Um, so we're going to kick off our episode by learning a little bit more about uh, about you, Kate, and then we'll get to know the city of Munich a little better too. Uh, we'll then end the episode by bringing it to the present day. So, Kate, tell us, how did you end up living in Munich? Well, uh, I'll try and give you the the short version, (laughs) Uh, but it was about 10 years ago and I had just finished studying a master's in international relations Mm -hmm. in London Mm -hmm. and had been working for about a year and I suddenly decided that I should actually get some international experience. So I think I also just wanted a bit of an adventure, but I justified it like this. Um, So I started looking for opportunities abroad, and then that search very quickly narrowed down to Germany, just because I have family there. I spoke the language a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made sense. And yeah, ended up getting a placement in Berlin. Okay, cool. So off I went. And uh, yeah, at that point, it was an internship and I fully intended to do the six month contract and then come back. But uh, I think anyone who has lived in Berlin or maybe lived abroad will tell you that that's not enough time. Yeah. And I think in general, Six months, if you live somewhere new, is often around the point that you start to feel at home. You know, you start Mm -hmm. to know your way around Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, I just wasn't ready to leave. Uh, I had also, at that point, made a great group of friends who are still my friends. And one of them is now my husband. (laughs) And um, so it was his work that, after a few stops for both of us um, around Europe, took us to Munich. He's German. And we've been there for about six years now. Okay, cool. And uh, what part of Munich do you live in? So we're in Heidhausen, mm-hmm. uh, which is to the east of the river. Most of the city is to the west. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really laid back uh, neighbourhood full of young families. You see a lot of prams and parents with coffee and playgrounds. Um, but it's it's just a great place to live because it's very villagey, yeah. but it's also very near to the city centre. You can get to the centre in about 20 minutes if you walk. Yeah. So it's kind of the, the best of both worlds, which is... Great. Yeah, because how, how does that compare then with living... With, I imagine living in Berlin was much more fast-paced. Is Does Munich have a slightly more kind of chilled, as you say, family-orientated vibe? Um, I mean, it was a, it was an adjustment. I think anyone who's got from gone from one to the other, either way, mm-hmm, would say mm-hmm. it's, it's a big adjustment. They're very, very different places. Um, and there are obviously parts of Berlin that are very family-friendly, but my lifestyle there at the time in my 20s sure. was, was perhaps not. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I would say... I now have two small children and I think the two cities, I personally would say Munich, it just feels a little safer, a bit more, yeah, a bit calmer, like you say. Mm. Um, just, it seems to fit a little bit better. I was, mm. was going to say like Munich kind of has, as well as being kind of famous for Oktoberfest and the museums and the kind of history and being like historic kind of capital of Bavaria, it's it's got a lot of kind of green spaces and parks and, and things that are fairly family friendly too, right? 
One of the advantages for, for me for living in Munich is all the, the green space mm. and the outdoor active lifestyle that enables. So we have English Garden, which is mm-hmm, one mm-hmm. of Europe's, if not, I think the world's uh, largest um, urban spaces. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's, I've got it in my notes as the, the world's largest uh, urban space think, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's what they always say. And there, I mean, there are always people running, cycling, working out, relaxing, socialising. Or in winter and when it snows, you'll see children just bombing down any kind of incline <laughs> on, a, on a sledge, uh, which, yeah, fun, but I still find it a bit scary. I think it's just yeah. because I'm not used to this kind of snow life. But um, yeah, that's it's just a, a great kind of space to hang out. And then there's also the river, mm-hmm. the Isa River, which flows kind of from the Alps and through Munich, through the park as well. Mm. And that's also just a big hub for city life. It has really shallow, clean waters and big, um, gentle banks where you can just sit, like loads and loads of space. So as soon as the weather's good, just fills up with people. In summer, it feels like a beach at times. Mm. So you you never get that feeling of needing to get out of the city. You know, I think I had that in London a lot Mm. and also in Berlin. And in Munich, you don't get that. You can be maybe just 20 minutes from home, but you feel like you're really getting, you know, real fresh air and a a bit of space. So... That is great. Fantastic. Yeah. It sounds wonderful. I mean, you've sort of, you've said a lot there about what makes Munich special. Do you have sort of one thing that you love the most or, it, or what is it that keeps you in Munich? Oh, yeah, lots of things. I mean, the other thing, the outdoor space is definitely one thing. The other thing I've come to really love is that there are so many small shops and family businesses, mm. you know, so yeah. we, rather than going to supermarkets, we now kind of spend most of Saturday just doing our grocery shopping. So we maybe go to the bakery to get the bread and then we go to the butchers, get meat and really take our time and and talk to the locals. You get to know people as well. It's much more kind of familiar in that sense. Maybe there's something new in the shop and you'll get some cooking tips. I mean, it all sounds a bit idyllic. It's not always idyllic, but (laughs) these these moments are and you, it just kind of puts the joy into maybe such a mundane task. Suddenly becomes really fun. Yeah. Although actually I have to say, as soon as I get back to the UK, the first thing I do is like go to Tesco's or Sainsbury's, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's about balance. Yeah. I, I always thought it was the opposite way around in terms of European supermarkets are so much better than ours, <laughs> yes. but yeah. um, maybe there's just a novelty for me there. But um, I, I was going to say as well, you've got your own um, uh, sort of Munich-based Instagram. Uh, I'm looking at Munich Bites as well, and that's particularly that mm-hmm. kind of breakfasts and stuff too. So it must be a pretty great place for that, I'm guessing, too. Yeah, and I think when I first moved there, or, or maybe it's what a lot of people think, you know, that it's just dumplings and sausages mm, and schnitzel. Mm. And, and of course it isn't, you know what I mean? It's it's Germany's third biggest city. Yep. It's international. Um, but I just kind of thought I'm going to document this because there are so many great places and places open. I feel like it's it's always kind of becoming more and more tuned in to maybe slightly bigger cities. So, you know, maybe a trend that's been going around let's say New York or London comes to Munich a little later but it it gets there and yeah so I I just feel like the yeah, other is always new exciting places opening up and it's just an excuse to eat isn't it so that's yeah I'm all for that that's good yeah well that well that ties <laughs> us in perfectly to uh the best things to do so let's let's discuss some of those now So, Kate, you've given us a lovely introduction to the city. You've kind of shown, talked to us a little bit about the parks, a little bit about the independent businesses as well. If I was to come to Munich tomorrow, what are a few things that are absolute must-dos I must absolutely see? That's a tricky one. Uh, I think any trip to Munich should start with a traditional Bavarian breakfast. Okay. 
yes. uh, which involves, I mean, this isn't vegetarian friendly. <laughs> but uh, I had a feeling involves, it might not be. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it involves two white sausages, okay. which are made with a veal and back bacon. And they come served in a bowl of warm water. So you have to take those out and peel them. Okay. And then you eat that with fresh or soft pretzels, like the local pretzels. Sweet mustard, which is from Bavaria, which goes really well with that. And a glass of wheat beer. And uh, breakfast. that's breakfast. breakfast. That's breakfast. Yeah. And you have to, um, if you want to kind of blend in with the locals, you really have to order that before 12 because before the days of refrigeration, that was when the sausages had to be eaten. Ah. So kind of keeping with that tradition, okay, okay. no one would really order after. It's often on menu, so it is possible, but you would you would stand out. You might get a funny, gotcha. funny look yeah, if, yeah, you, if yeah. you did that. Yeah. You can find that in yeah most Bavarian restaurants, beer gardens if they're open, and yeah any kind of pub that's that's open at that time of the day. So that that's a that's a must that should set you up for right. for the okay. trip. Okay, so we've had our breakfast. What what were we on to yeah. next? <laughs> now lunch. No, um, uh, no, and then I guess there are a couple of places that I would always take people to. One is um, I don't know if you've heard about this. Is a surf wave in the middle of Munich. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's an arm of the river. It comes off the, the main river and flows through the park. And at some point, it's basically a standing wave. It's artificial, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there you'll find day and night, um, quite experienced surfers, because I don't think a beginner, I wouldn't recommend it, um, going back and forth between the banks. So it's really quite a small wow. space, but they're just they're going back and forth and turning and until they fall in and then it's the next person's time. And they kind of line up on the side of the, the river and then it's the next person's turn. I would have had no idea. That's just a funny thing to watch. It's called the Eisbach Vela, like wave. Eisbach Vela. Wow. I've never heard of yeah. anything like that before, I don't think. That's so cool. No. And is that does that happen at a particular time of year or just year round they're doing that? Year round wow. and it gets quite cold. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, I was, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say. I mean, it must be like close to minus temperatures there right now. So. No, definitely. I mean, I would say numbers, it thins out a little yeah. bit. I would say there are more <laughs> there are more people in summer and obviously more people during the day. But if, yeah, like I say, if you go at night, they have like floodlights sometimes and they're, and they're still there. Oh, wow. Cool. cool. Yeah. Cool. And you'll also see actually in the city sometimes, which I think could be a bit confusing if you don't know this wave exists, is people cycling around with a surfboard attached to their bike they have this crazy contraption that means they can have it on the side of their bike wow which because i mean you're quite a long way from the sea at that point as well aren't you you're quite uh, quite a way yeah so it's a good way to practice yeah for sure for sure (laughs) okay so Mm. we've we've caught in a couple of waves uh what next then i would go um always i also spend a lot of time there to victualia Markt, which is the main food market right in the center of town it's it's directly next to marienplatz which is the central square mm-hmm. that probably most people have heard of so it's yeah it's right in the city center and there you can just wander around look at all the different stores it's mainly food but there are other things and you can try some local cheeses they have local honeys if you come um during asparagus season there's heaps of the stuff there's also a great coffee roastery there so you can get good coffee of course in the middle of all of it is a beer garden <laughs> So it's just a, a really nice place to kind of take a wander around. And you can also, uh, most beer gardens in Munich allow you to take a picnic in. If you buy drinks there, you can take your own food. Oh, cool. So um, if you walk around, like the market, I always think is a good place to kind of pick up a few little bits to then maybe take to a beer garden yeah. later on. So I definitely go there. Yeah. And that's also a place um, where locals go. It's not, I think you might think because of where it is mm-hmm. and... 
that it's it's just kind of there it, it was traditionally there and now it's just for tourists but that's really not the case it's mm. so it's, it's not ceremonial definitely. it's kind of uh not at all it's an actual mm-hmm. working market and do you have any particular yeah. beer gardens you would take your sort of picnic into are there, are there any favorites there's one quite near my house which is um next to a square called Wiener Platz, mm-hmm. which is really nice um any that have like a lot, a lot of them have trees in them, but the ones that are really shady, I think, are particularly nice because it's particularly in summer. Obviously, it's a bit cooler, but it also creates this nice atmosphere. Like you're outside, but you kind of feel like you're also inside because you have this big canopy of leaves over the mm, top. Nice. And the the noise, you know, the glasses and all that kind of stuff, it creates a quite a unique sound, which can only mean you're going to have a nice afternoon. And um, so that one is brilliant. There's one in the west called Hirschgarten, which is is huge. That's also great. I think to go to some of the really big ones is good to really just understand mm. the, the scale of how they can be and when they're full. Like I said, the, the noise is is quite unique. Yeah, I can imagine. So lots of lots of cheers in, clinking of glasses, etc. Yeah, I yeah. Totally, totally see that as well as chatter too. And so yeah. and, the, and so you've had your had your lunch. Maybe popped in a in for a beer as well. What what where would you go after that? Uh, but Unless I definitely... you just go home, because you know, <laughs> yeah, too, too, too many <laughs> beers by now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean to make this so beer heavy. Um, but then Munich has loads of uh, great neighbourhoods as well. So the, obviously it has a really beautiful city centre, but around there are some great neighbourhoods, which I would definitely recommend exploring. And because Munich is quite compact, that's mm. totally doable. You know, it's it's not a big effort to get out. So I would perhaps go to Schwabing, which is in the north, mm. uh, which is where there are lots of, like you can show like Art Nouveau buildings, so you can just really wander around there and, and get a, yeah, it's just a pleasant place to walk around. There are tons of cafes and, and restaurants as well if you needed anything like that. And it's right next to the park, so you could kind of combine that with a, a walk into English Garden. Mm-hmm. So I would maybe go to Hydehausen where I live is also definitely worth um, a visit, I would say. And after that, I think it depends a bit on your interest, you know what I mean? Like if you like churches... There are loads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you like art, you know, it covers every era. If you like kind of grand buildings, there's the, there are palaces, there's the former royal residence um, and also great museums. One museum that I think is brilliant, I had to write this down because it's a long, um, <laughs> a long one, but it's the Munich, the Munich Documentation Centre for the History of National Socialism. And this is, it's, Kind of, it's it is a museum, but it's more kind of a, like a reflective space. It's things that is, it asks a lot of questions, you know, and it looks at the mm. role of of Munich in the rise of the Nazi Party, and also how they, perhaps afterwards after nineteen forty five, like had problems kind of confronting that that past. So it's mm. it's a place to to think as well. It's not you don't know, just consume. So that's that's a re- something quite yeah interesting or different perhaps, which which I really enjoy. Kate, how about any sort of like secrets that you're willing to to let listeners in on? Are there any places or tips that you sort of, you know, that not sort of your average tourist would would know about? Yeah, there are a few. Uh, that you're willing yeah. to share, I think, is the yes, key. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, might, there might be a few places where you're like, no, no, I'm keeping yeah, hold of that. Just, but, yeah. I, just, I just can't. Uh, well, first of all, perhaps with the river, because... Obviously, yeah, it's, it's right in the centre of town, flows through the whole city, but there are certain points that are perhaps worth visiting more than others. And in the south, there's a part known as Flauche. And this is where the, it kind of opens up a little bit and there are little channels and a few different islands. And it's, it's just a bit more, 
yeah, it gives, it gives more space to, to hang out. There is a beer garden next to it, but that's that's not the reason. There's also um, possibilities to barbecue there. Mm. There are quite strict rules okay. on where you can barbecue and where you can't, and this is one where you can. So this whole space is very, very popular with locals, and I feel like maybe as a first-time visitor or even a second-time visitor, it might not be on your radar. Yeah. yeah. But it's definitely, I think in summer... It's definitely worth going down there and, and just kind of, it can also almost be quite a party atmosphere down there. It's it's really good fun. Um, and not far from there, actually, um, it's a place called Alta Utting. And this is, um, it's hard to explain. It's easy to explain, but not. It's a boat, an old steamboat, which is now resting on a, an old railway bridge. Mm-hmm. And the boat was rescued from a local lake called Amazi. I think it had been in operation for a long, long time and it was going to go to the scrap heap. And a local company, events company, was like, no, we'll have that. Yeah. So they they took it and they they transported it at night. I think it was a big old hassle to do. Yeah. And now it's a, it's basically a bar. Cool. And so there's a little bar in there and there are a few little bars and a few little food huts nice. and stuff. And it, it's just really unusual. Yeah. And because you, you're, you're, you could just be like driving down the road and then you go under the bridge and you're like, oh, there's a huge boat there. <laughs> um so that's that's, that's cool, quite yeah. cool and it's 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 yeah it's very that's also quite popular again in the summer probably more than the winter i mean i said earlier about bakeries there are so many bakeries in munich and in germany and the bread is brilliant but of course there are some that are better than others and there's one baker in munich who everybody loves okay you'll find his bread on, on menus in a lot of the restaurants and his name is julius brandner and he currently has just one store in Max Vorstadt, which is the student part of town. Okay. Cool. But I think due to his success, I, I think he's opening a couple more branches in the next few months. But he just does the best bread. A lot of sourdough bread, but also, yeah, he does a few pastries, things like that. I think one day of the week he does almond croissants. I think he's branched out into cinnamon buns. Um, but they're, they're just brilliant. And everyone, like I said, it's so popular. There'll always be a queue outside. But it's worth the wait. Do you think it's cool. one of the first things that kind of comes to mind with Munich, and particularly food in Munich, is like really hearty kind of breads and meats and and mm-hmm. beers. So actually, in your entire sort of day's itinerary that you took us through before, and some of your <laughs> tips there, you can tick off all of those yeah. boxes really and quench that need for sure. And um, yeah. thinking a little bit further out, like about kind of because obviously Munich is the capital of Bavaria, um, which is quite a unique part of Germany in and of itself. Is there Anywhere, any sort of day trips out that you'd recommend? Any any places to go um, outside of the city? I mean, obviously the Alps are right there. You can also you can see the Alps from Munich. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, a day trip to the mountains would be good. But just before the mountains, of course, are all the lakes. Mm. And they're when I say like you know they're different sizes. The the huge ones where you can go on a boat ride and you know maybe stand at one end and perhaps can't see the other. And then there are much smaller ones. Um, where you can you can go swimming or maybe find little um, yeah places where no one really gets to you know you, if you explore mm. uh, you can find some brilliant ones the the closest one one of the closest ones is Starnbergersee that's that's a huge one and on on the banks there you can go and get fresh fish um, and then yeah like I say you can kind of sit and just really spend the day there or to see them from above you can go hiking or get cable cars um, and I, it's hard to to kind of, I don't know, describe it because it it does look like an Instagram picture at some points. Like the water mm. is so blue, the the sky is obviously the same as always, but it it somehow reflects 
in the water in such a beautiful way. I think because of the because of the mountains mm. and maybe all the trees around. It is it is as beautiful as it looks in pictures. Yeah. Which I, I think you don't always get. So yeah, day trip to lakes I would definitely recommend. Um and then, I mean, there are other cities, you know, even somewhere like, I mean, I know this is a Munich podcast, but <laughs> Nuremberg is not that far away. Mm-hmm. And it's mm. a fascinating yeah. city. I love Nuremberg. Um, and it's completely different yeah. to Munich, a really different vibe because it's more, it's in Franconia, you know. So it's a, it's, it's if you want an alternative yeah. feel of Bavaria, I would also recommend that. You can get there really easily on the train. It sounds like Bavaria, actually, whilst it or, or sort of around Munich, it sounds idyllic, but it also sounds like a place of contrasts as well. Um, sort of like, you know, with kind of sort of a, uh, an old city, sort of like, you know, those gorgeous mountains and lakes. It sounds like actually it's a very varied landscape in many ways. Yeah, I mean, there, there is loads. And I think um, you'll also notice at the weekends that particularly on a Sunday when everything in the city is closed, like all the shops are closed on Sunday, it, it can feel quite empty. And that is just because everyone has gone to the surrounding cool, yeah countryside there is so much to do like in winter you can ski in summer you can hike yeah yeah yeah. it is great totally see why you settled there Kate sounds amazing (laughs) yeah certainly it's certainly a lot to do and um sort of zoning back in on Munich for a second I think Lucy you've got some quickfire questions don't you Mm-hmm. Yeah, quick fire questions, Kate. So clear your mind, and we're gonna ask. We're gonna yeah. put you on the spot. And we're gonna ask you for um, uh, your favorite place for the following. Are you ready, Kate? Mm-hmm. So your favorite place in Munich to eat. Go, Kasperplatz. Should I say a little yeah, bit about? Yeah, about. absolutely. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I say that just because it's probably the place I go to the most often uh, it's in the market in Victualian Markt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's a little stall run by two really nice guys and I always say that they've made potatoes cool um, not that they were uncool <laughs> I was going to say um, when did the potatoes go out I've never, I mean, I've never heard that That's, uh... ne- never right yeah. but they've made them cooler okay okay and so they have a little stall and at the front they ha- they obviously have the potatoes and they have kind of types that are quite well known and then perhaps some some others that are a little bit more unusual. And then behind that, they have this tiny little kitchen and they, I mean, they essentially make baked potatoes with toppings, mm. but I'm not talking baked beans or tuna mayonnaise. You know, they, they're really creative. And I think last week I had one, I go there a lot, uh, with like a Tuscan stew and ricotta. Yeah. They do another one with roast beef and I think like pickled pumpkin mayonnaise, you know, really fun things. They also often have um, a potato of the week, which is done by a guest chef. (laughs) So from one of like different restaurants around Munich, the chef will come and, and help them out for a week. So yeah, that that place is brilliant. That sounds Again, great. Always I, a cue. I love the idea of a potato. Potato of the week, of the week yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so you were saying that there's yeah. always a queue there, or um... pretty much always a queue. They only open at lunchtime. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it moves pretty fast because it's just you know, potato topping. Go. But yeah, um, yeah it, you can when you first get there, you might think, oh no, I'm not sure it's worth it. But it, it definitely oh, it sounds is. great. I love potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Always think those <laughs> cool. Okay, so uh, uh, Kate, your favourite view of the city, your favourite view of Munich. Well, I've, I've only been here once, um, but it's definitely my favourite view, and it's from Bayerischer Hof, which is one of Munich's finest hotels. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and on their seventh floor, they have a, a big um, open air terrace, which looks basically directly onto the Frauenkirche, which is Munich's church, you know, with the two domes. Yes. yes. Probably yep. the one that you, yeah. It basically looks straight onto that and then onto the old town. And again, on a clear day, you can you can see the Alps. So you can visit that. They have a restaurant or like a bar, basically. So you can go there even if you're not a guest. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling really fancy, you can also combine it with a spa day because on the sixth floor, they have this brilliant spa. Nice. So you can you can kind of swim and then look at the view. Lovely. And just have a great day. But yeah, I said I've been there once because it's probably not something you would do too regularly. <laughs> yes, sounds, yes. sounds wonderful though. And then your favourite day activity. Oof. You can have some probably. time to think, don't worry. Don't rush it. But, uh, <laughs> actually, do rush it. We, this is a quick fire round. We should be rushing. <laughs> I've completely missed the point of the round. Probably honestly just going for a walk along the river. I... I just mm. think it's it's so great, and like I said, there's often a lot of people there, so it's it just feels like you're kind of yeah amongst city life, but but it, without the kind of the stress of yeah. it. And yeah, I I love it. Yeah, I can see that for sure. And uh, finally, and a very important question for uh, for Munich, I think uh, your favorite mm-hmm. drink. Well, my favorite bar is probably a cocktail bar called Menage. I think that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. it. Um, and they, it's a cocktail bar and they have really creative drinks. They use a lot of words like infused or distilled, fermented, you know, this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. kind of thing. And they, I had a drink there once with roasted coconut, lemongrass and tequila. Wow. Ooh. And it was, it was really, really good. And I've never really tried anything like that. And all the ice in the drinks, they like hang cut from a large block of ice behind That's the bar. That's cool. cool. Yeah. So it, it's cool, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's literally cool. <laughs> exactly. It's a new year so, and the funny moments keep rolling in. Yeah, <laughs> we are hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that, that sounds great. I mean, quite unusual as well. That's not something I would kind of expect uh, to taste in, in, no, that's in Munich. And probably a little bit of a little bit of a relief after after your your morning white beer and so <laughs> yeah. your breakfast white beer. <laughs> Awesome. Exactly. Well, that was a lovely flavour of uh, of Munich. And uh, next, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of the the current present of of Munich, how things have been recently, and and what the future has in store too. If you're inspired by Kate to take on a Bavarian adventure, why not get a copy of the newly updated Decaire Witness Germany Travel Guide? Whether you want to hike the Bavarian Alps, discover health resorts and beautiful beaches on the Baltic coast, or seek out the coolest districts in Berlin or Munich, Decaire Witness Germany makes sure you experience all that the country has to offer. Find it in all good bookshops or via the link in her episode bio now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. 
Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. So, uh, so, Kate, tell us a little bit about how Munich has evolved in the past few years. So, obviously, the last couple of years, there's been some pretty major cancellations of things. Yes, so, yeah. Oktoberfest has not happened for the last two years. Yeah. Uh, Christmas markets again were were cancelled this year. Actually, it felt like a bit of a surprise because they had kind of begun to set everything up. Oh no! And so there were oh. again the one right near my house that the stores were basically there. They were ready to open, and then the announcement came that they were going to shut down. So it was quite miserable. Yeah. At the time when most things were supposed to be opening, there were kind of trucks there taking everything away. Yeah. Um. And, you know, Munich is quite cold and dark at that time of year, so you kind of rely on these yes. markets. To, I yes. imagine it kind of comes alive a little bit at Christmas with the influx of visitors with the markets, etc. Yeah, unusual yeah year. exactly. So, yeah, it must be a, a real loss in a way. Yeah. And although it felt normal, kind of, because it happened last year, it was still just, every time it happens, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Again. Um, so that's perhaps, yeah, some negative things or where the impact's been perhaps most strongly felt. But perhaps a good thing that came out of it was that all the bars and restaurants were allowed to increase their outdoor space. Mm -hmm. So anyone that had car parking space in front of their their venues were allowed to build out onto that. So, I mean, anyone who wants to park the car or or drives didn't always find it brilliant. But it, it really changed the vibe of the city. It made it feel a bit more lively. It made it to me, seem a bit younger, a bit more like Berlin, like it brought people yeah. out. And, and yeah, so that was actually quite a positive thing. I think there's an ongoing discussion about, you know, how long they can stay or when and stuff like that. But yeah, that was, that definitely changed. Does it, does it bring some people out, out of the beer halls and into the streets and give it more of that kind of like festival vibe, I'm guessing a little bit? Yeah, just... Yeah, it just made the streets feel, yeah, more more lively. Mm. I mean, yeah, I don't know if they left the beer halls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you wouldn't necessarily want to leave them as well, but but having the option to go outside, certainly. And I think I think that is a trend worldwide is like kind of the, the rise yeah. of like more alfresco dining options and, and being able to mm-hmm. like kind of sit outside and enjoy your city too. Um, yeah. It's really, really cool for sure. Um, so that's obviously how COVID's kind of impacted the city physically. How about sort of the people of Munich? How have they sort of reacted to COVID? You know, have they kind of been you, like, you know, going further afield than Munich and exploring sort of green spaces nearby? Have they sort of been hunkering down? Like, sort of what's the kind of the public mood? Um, well, I mean, one thing that's interesting is, because in Germany, you know, a lot of laws come down to the to the state level. So what Bavaria does is maybe not the same as what Brandenburg does yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. So um, Bavaria has often had, at least on paper, the, the, the stricter rules, okay. you know. So an out, and it, like something would be announced and then Bavaria would maybe go a little step further. Um, so that's what it seems from the outside. But I think occasionally, you know, we'd have visitors from other places in, in Germany and they'd come braced for, you know, f- scary times and, yeah. and really you know, enforce rules and then they get here and be like, oh, it's actually quite <laughs> chilled. Like it's not what I thought at all. Yeah. Um, but I mean people are people follow the rules, you know, everyone wears we still have mask rules. We have to wear the FFP2 ones, the, the full on medical yep. ones. Yep. 
and I feel like most people have been abiding by that and I think because those basically have always been in place like I think often if you know the rules change that's when it gets tricky but then we basically had quite similar rules for most of the time mm. I guess people yeah are spending more time outside um, but like we people did anyway, so yeah. I think that's hard. I was, I was going to say, but like Munich almost feels like a kind of outdoorsy city anyway. In terms of you've got the river there, you've got like a English garden and 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 so on. Yeah, you don't, you, we we wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> that's not outside the norm to spend a lot of time outside, unlike a lot of other yeah. cities, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. The only, I mean, recently, um, I don't know if it's too much detail, but the rules have been that if you if you're not vaccinated, you're not allowed to go to a lot of places. So you're not allowed mm. to go to cafes, restaurants, all this kind of stuff, um, cinemas. So that's a, a quite a recent change okay. that I, I guess has impacted some people. Sure. Quite a lot. Sure. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine so. And um, mm. you, we talked, you, you mentioned very quickly about like Oktoberfest there and and obviously we, we can't not do a podcast about Munich and not talk about Oktoberfest. Um, I'm mm-hmm. quite shocked we haven't really mentioned it so far. Um, but uh, but I, it's been cancelled, as you say, for the last couple of years. Um, uh, it's, uh, well, I guess it's too early to say this year, but hope, I guess the hope is that it returns. And, um, and, you know, let's imagine it does. Like, what does that kind of mean for the city? I mean, it's it's such a big deal. And again, that's something that I didn't really appreciate before I moved here. Yeah. Mm. That it's also for local people. Yeah. So important to me, I, I kind of thought it was something that was obviously a huge international attraction and, you know, everybody knows it around the world. Yeah. But for, for people in the city, it's it's not everyone, of course, but for so many, it's it's like Christmas or it's, it's similar to that or a, it's a big event in the calendar that you look forward to you go with all your friends and your family. It isn't just about the beer, you know what I mean? It's a huge mm-hmm. festival. It's a fairground. It's open all day as well. You know, you, people really do go with their kids and maybe go for lunch. And it's it's so much broader yeah. than, than I thought. So to have it not take place really affects people. It also has a huge, obviously, economic impact sure. on people. Um, it's a huge part of people's livelihoods, particularly people who have little stands, you know, the people who sell the pretzels mm. or the people who have a little candy floss. I mean, and often, you know, the same people at Oktoberfest might also be connected to Christmas markets. So it's a huge part of people's livelihoods has, has been missing. So, so it's, it's been so a huge important to them. double whammy in a way. Um, yeah. So, yeah, emotionally, I think for some people, socially, economically, everything, mm. it's, it has to come back, I think, for for people. But if it will, who knows? Mm. Well, think, fingers crossed, it does, and it comes back safely. And uh, I, I kind of wanted to just ask, like, uh, in a normal time uh, with mm-hmm. Oktoberfest, like, um, you sort of touched on it then. Like, I've heard from various people, as you say, it's not about the beer; it's like a kind of celebration of like Bavarian culture in a way. What are some of your favourite bits of Oktoberfest or things you've enjoyed? <laughs> Well, I have to confess, I'm not a huge fan. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been. I, I had to go. The first time I went was with work. Yep. This is when I realised how it, was, it wasn't It was just this thing where you have fun. It was like a work event and we, we took some clients and I was like, oh, how is this going to work? Um, <laughs> and, and everyone, you know, we were in the office in the morning and then we all changed and put the Bavarian clothes on, which I had to buy specially, which was... <laughs> A whole other experience, <laughs> and and off we went. And I, yeah, I mean, it is the thing is, once you're there, it's it is brilliant fun. I think for me, it's more the idea of the crowds yeah. and, and all this that that is perhaps not 
what I would always choose to do. But of course, once you're there, yeah. it's fun. I, like I said, I mean, being in some of the big tents and, and having a few drinks is great. Also, though, going for lunch, going for lunch, sitting outside, there are little beer gardens. Um, often that time of year is still quite warm, sunny. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just a, yeah, yeah. a happy atmosphere. Cool. Really. But you've got to get dressed up, which... Uh... <laughs> You don't, well, you don't have to, but do most people, I kind of... Do, they, do most people get dressed up? Is that the norm, to actually get dressed up? Yeah, yeah. Like, the, if you're from Bavaria, yeah. absolutely. Um, and, I mean, there's a huge difference, right? I mean, the people from Bavaria, their they're outfits, they're, little, they're beautiful. Yes, like, uh, yes. They're also really expensive. Yes, um, I'm sure. And then there's obviously the people who perhaps pick one up at the airport... Not as nice. Um, so, and they're all there, you know, there are different types. There's the one you maybe wear to weddings, there's the one you wear to Oktoberfest, there's the one you wear for a family event. You know, it's a whole. Yeah. Is it kind of like tied world. to your identity in the way that, like, you know, kilt for Scottish people, <laughs> et cetera? Like, uh, you know. They don't have, yeah, I don't think they have, yeah, that this is a kind of like connected pattern, but um, they, you definitely probably would have more than one, if you're like more than one dress, for example, if you're. If you're from Bavaria or Munich. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And uh, well, fingers crossed it's back on this year and you can get yours out again, even if you, <laughs> and fingers crossed you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and generally like uh, outside of Oktoberfest and Christmas and stuff, when, when personally, if you were, if you'd never visited Munich before, what, when would you say is like the best time to visit? Probably the summer. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Just because, yeah, everything I've described so far, so the river, the barbecues, the park, um, is obviously much better when it's warmer, so you can actually go swimming. There are also loads of things like open-air cinemas, open-air concerts. There's just a full programme of events. The only thing you have to watch out for is sudden thunderstorms and or, oh. mm. or like, I mean, hailstorms are not unknown. Mm. I think that's more kind of late summer. That can happen. But I mean, that's not a reason not to come. I once um, went, <laughs> I went to the ballet with my in-laws, and I was on my way there, and suddenly it just started raining from nowhere, and I tried to like shelter under a tree and be like, um, stay dry. But I got there completely soaked wet, my nice outfit ruined, and I had to, <laughs> I had to call my husband and be like, oh, can you, can you bring something? So he came from work and brought me like a pet, like a suit, basically. <laughs> so I sat there and like. <laughs> this big shirt and baggy trousers and was like great um so yeah beware bring a coat bring an umbrella but summer yeah <laughs> well uh, yeah, yeah. Cause it, cause, uh, i think a lot of cities in germany are like it but like um uh, you know munich has a bit of an extremes of temperature at points doesn't it in terms of it can be very cold at the very end or beginning of the year and actually it gets pretty hot in the summer right it does it does get really hot yeah it's it, like over 30 yeah, yeah. Um, which I would say is boiling. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. also outside of October, outside of Oktoberfest, are there any other events, Kate, that you recommend to listeners in Munich? I mean, if if you like Oktoberfest or that the idea of Oktoberfest, but perhaps like me, not the crowd so much. Mm. There are some similar events. Um, basically, there's a whole season of folk festivals, and Oktoberfest is one of them. And in April, there's something called the Frühlingsfest, so the Spring Festival, which is very, very similar, but just not as known internationally. Yeah. So that's cool. definitely worth it. It's even on the 
I'm pretty sure, yeah, on the same site as Oktoberfest. And is that likely okay. to go ahead this year or is it, I guess it might be a bit uh, up in the air I, right I, now, I re- but yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's maybe a bit too soon, but maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Well, we can cross fingers and hope that these kind of events come back to the city at some point soon, and uh, yeah, and you know that we get to join you for a beer over there at some point. That would be and great. A breakfast, oh, a Bavarian yes, and the breakfast. Bre- and, <laughs> and the breakfast. That's that's very very important. <laughs> a huge thank you, Kate. That was a brilliant, brilliant introduction to Munich. So, thank you so much for joining us and and sort of showing showing us the city a bit and giving us a flavour of the city too. And and the local perspective as well. It's been really great to hear about how the locals genuinely live. So thank you. Yeah. You're very welcome. So a huge thank you to Kate. Uh, you can follow Kate's activities on Instagram at Kate underscore lately, uh, where you can follow lots of her adventures, her life in the city, etc. Yes, and her. I think she now has another link to her foodie blog where you can see all those amazing breakfasts. Yes, that she, yeah, uh, definitely. She definitely could be checking that out. I really want to find out more about this Munich breakfast. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, the sausages that you peel, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That you have to have before midday, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, so that. I'm afraid to say it's the end of our third series. So we're going to have a, a few weeks off um, uh, to recalibrate. Hopefully we'll come back and uh, there won't be the threat of Omicron around and uh, all travel like plans will be back on, um, touching all the word, crossing all the fingers. But uh, a quick thank you to everyone who's listened to us this series. Um, yeah. Your continued support for the podcast kind of means everything. And uh yeah we'll be we'll in the meantime we'll be thinking of some new adventures if you've got anywhere you'd like to suggest get in touch where you can find us on social media at dki witness um we'd love to hear like which destinations you'd like to visit or any cool people we should be interviewing um that would be amazing but until then yeah it's uh it's bye from us so uh bye from me and bye from me see you later where to go was produced by the team at dki witness and the wonderful julia baker it was presented by James Atkinson and Lucy Richards and mastered by Johnny Coddington at Bottle Rocket Recording. For more information about DK Eyewitness, follow us on social media at DK Eyewitness or visit dk.com forward slash eyewitness. And don't forget to please like, rate, review and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast. Your support means so much to us. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.